You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Braidman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to talk about ways to improve outcomes for people with HIV who are out of care. Welcome again, John. Thanks, Mariana. So, John, what can you tell us about retention and linkage to care for people with HIV? Yeah, so I thought what what we would talk about as it relates to this article is talk by just a little bit of background, right? So where's this all coming from? So retention and linkage to care is really crucial uh, to HIV care cascades and a lot of what we're doing with um, DEHG plan. And certainly we have um, a lot of work going on in that area from the ATCs and it has great implications on this plan. So um, so data or um, potential um, identification of interventions that might help to shown to be actual, um, actually be successful in working uh, can really be helpful for people with this po- in this population. So, um, so I would also argue that in my experience, I think patients re-engaging in care uh, can sometimes present the most challenging cases. Um, and this happens in the hospital setting a lot. We see this a lot. P- patients are not in care and they get sick and they wind up in the hospital and then they come back into care. We're trying to get them relinked and re, you know, kind of reconnected to services to make sure that they have everything they need. But since they've, a lot of these patients have fallen out of care, um, you know, it's, it's usually because of a variety of reasons, right? And it can include a lot of things, but a lot of times it's active substance abuse. Uh, that's been my experience over the years. Uh, sometimes it's other issues too, domestic violence or par, uh, um, uh, inter-partner uh, violence, um, uh, housing challenges, lack of active insurance. And there's a whole host of lists. I mean, this is just uh, three or four different things, but um, I'm sure we could all add five more things to this and um, and, and come out with a, a long, long list of why people have left care or de-accessed care, I guess is a way to look at it. Um, and I think, Mariana, another part of this whole picture is the idea of, um, we, you know, we do a lot of rapid starts in people who are initiating therapy who are newly infected. But I think the whole picture of this tool also is rapid restart of HIV medications, I think, um, to get people back on track with their treatment. So if, you know, again, if they're ready, but we try to like when they come back into the hospital, when patients come back in, and they've been off therapy, we do try to restart the therapy as soon as possible. So again, it's a lot of moving parts, but I think it's also very crucial to this ending the HIV uh, or ending the HIV epidemic plan that we have um, uh, in the United States. So this article is an article um, that looks uh, from the CDC, uh, the United States Public Health Service, and then ICF International. It's a recent study, which was published in AIDS earlier this year, that 
looked at the effectiveness of some interventions that are really designed to improve outcomes for people with HIV who are out of care. So this one is more kind of um, along the lines of what we do for patient navigation. What about appointment help and alerts? What about psychosocial support and transportation and appointment accompaniments? And some of the some of the data to care on HIV care outcomes among uh, people uh, living with HIV who are out of care uh, really looked at these kind of five interventions. And then again, very similar to what we've looked at in similar articles in the last couple of weeks, this was a, a systematic review uh, with, with meta-analysis. So it's really kind of combining a bunch of different interventions to see what actually works. Again, published in AIDS, so it's a pretty reputable journal, obviously, and, and I think this is helpful. So John, how was the study conducted? Yeah, so what they did, again, what they do, they usually search the, the they looked at the prevention research synthesis projects, and there's a database for HIV um, that the CDC has, and they actually identified studies that were conducted in the U.S. that were published between 2000 and 2020. And these included comparisons between groups uh, or pre-post um, uh, interventions and report at least one relevant outcome, whether it was re-engagement, retention and care, or viral suppression. And after querying this database, they came up with 39 studies that, that reported on basically 42 unique interventions that met the inclusion criteria. Importantly here, the most important three things that they looked at is re-engagement, and retention and then viral suppression. And I think if you look at those three, Mariana, right? Re-engagement, retention, and viral suppression, that those are the crux of the ET, especially for people who are already infected. Obviously, the prevention piece is kind of out of, out of the out of the loop here. And even, even the respond piece, right, is kind of out of out of the mix because you know these patients have already been um, uh, been identified as as uh, as living with HIV. So that re-engagement piece, I think, and, and the reconnecting people to care see, you know, you know, what is their, um, you know, what is their uh, retention rate? And more importantly, are they virally, virally suppressed? I think it's really important. And what can you tell us about the findings? Well, it's a confusing study to read and to, to, you really kind of have to read the discussion to kind of get a sense of what, what actually happened. But there's several strategies that they found to be effective when they looked at all these studies, saying, you know, what actually works for improving care for people out of care? But, but the big things are, are the, the patient navigation is key. Um, and that means patients, you know, getting phone calls and trying to help them navigate the system to make sure that they're set. A lot of times that may actually involve with um, taking care of their insurance issues, right? Making sure that you, you know, making sure that you help assist them and making sure that their insurance is set. Um, appointment help and alerts, I think, are really, are really helpful as well. Um, psychosocial support um, and also transportation accompaniment. So again, the appointment alerts will obviously help calling people, reminding them, either sending them a text message or calling them. We're getting a hold of them, making sure they have transportation set up, and also transportation accompaniment. So sometimes we actually will assign, um, and some of the some of our area uh, community-based organizations will assign case managers to actually accompany patients to their to their uh, to their appointments. So they'll go, they'll access them, get them uh, get them transportation, make sure they they meet them at the appointment, and make sure they're there. These are all important pieces. But I think the psychosocial support I think is really important as well, and. You know, um, we have great people in psychiatry here from uh, from the ATC. You know, between Dr. Cornos and, uh, uh, and and others, and they would all say that the psychosocial piece is really probably the most important part of this kind of whole re-engagement or relinkage. Because usually there's some psychosocial issue that's preventing people from from reaccessing care. Whether it's you know, again, the things we talked about, the housing issues, the um, uh, the substance abuse, the the, the psychiatric illness that patients may have, all these kind of play a role. But um, these things, so so the four things: um, patient navigation, appointment help, 
psychosocial support, and then transportation accompaniment, all these were effective and, and improved all three important outcomes. So they improved the re-engagement, the retention, and viral suppression. I guess then the question is, so what does this mean for, for care? So I think obviously engagement and retaining um, uh, out of care persons with, uh, with HIV is really an important goal for most clinics servicing this population. Uh, but again, it's not specifically kind of mentioned in the EHE plan, right? But it's, but it's obviously a, a big part of what we do. And I think the fact that this evaluation shows that interventions do improve re-engagement, retention, and viral suppression, I think this should have major uh, intervention, major impact on the interventions that we do. And if we know that these work, these are the ones I think we should potentially uh, potentially focus on. Uh, since these three goals are so critical to the success of, of the four pillars of the AEHE plan, which is diagnose, treat, prevent, respond. But again, I would argue that the the treatment piece is really what we're kind of focusing here. Obviously, patients have been diagnosed. You're not going to prevent HIV in these patients because they've already they've already uh, been in, uh, uh, been infected with HIV. And then the response piece is kind of kind of moot as it, as it, as you look at this these individual interventions here. So patient navigation, I think, was the most common strategy. And I think this is um, it's different for each clinic on how each clinic does it. But usually, it's associated with offering again that transportation and that accompanying of patients to to appointments. Um, a lot of times, I think people would argue that this is true. Sometimes the, even the relationships with the case managers is closer than the relationships with some of the providers, I think, because of a timing issue. You know, instead of spending just 15 or 20 minutes with a patient, you know, the case managers a lot of times have more time to spend with patients. And that, that linkage, I think, makes a big difference. Although there's no standard definition of how this happens, you know, transportation, appointment accompaniment, these are often conducted as part of the navigation services and, and can be important activities. Um, for reducing some of the structural barriers in hopes of improving the um, the HIV care goals for that individual patient. And I think other interventions that were really helpful in this meta-analysis um, was appointment scheduling. Again, followed up uh, when patients missing clinic visits, if they missed their visit, why did they miss it? And we find this a lot too. Patients cancel their appointments or they don't show up. And especially the no-shows really um, it should just be more than a letter. It should be maybe a phone call, maybe a visit to their uh, with their case manager to their to their place of uh, where they live. You know, this, these are all things that may potentially make a difference. And um, uh, but sending those reminders out actually was shown to be shown to be effective. But it's not known if appointment scheduling and alerts by themselves would be effective. But I'm sure, likely, it, it probably it probably would be. So, what does this all mean for those in care and for HIV providers? Yeah, so really, you know, again, trying to make this practical for people, right? So for those of you who are listening today, I think the bottom line is that, you know, we all need to think about how we re-engage patients in care. And for me, in the hospital setting, you know, it makes me really think about what do we really do for these patients? You know, do we do enough for them? I mean, are we really making sure that when they leave that their insurance is reset? Do we always set up appointments? And I can tell you that a lot of times this doesn't always happen depending on who's the attending in charge as far as you know, from the different services that they sometimes may see. Um, you know, we don't have an individual HIV service anymore. So they may go to the hospital service, they may be admitted to neurology or cardiology, et cetera. And those services may be managing the patients and they may be less likely to um, help the patient re-engage because they're not used to doing that for their typical patient. But I, I always say this, our patients, some of them um, are, are, are definitely more complex and I think require a higher level of, of care, at least in my mind, especially if we're going to meet these EHE uh, goals. But determining what the reasons are, you know, why are why did the access care? Uh, more importantly, what services can the clinics and, and the hospitals provide to identify these patients earlier, right? And to provide their interventions to relink persons with HIV to care before they get sick. 
Um, and in addition, I think from a research standpoint, I think really establishing some standards for re-engagement care that's similar to the national indicators for linkage to care for persons who are newly diagnosed. So kind of using the same models for newly diagnosed patients, but using that those models for people who are re-engaging in care. And I think this may help uh, for future evaluation programs also who are looking at re-engagement. And as an ATC, this is certainly something that even, especially with um, some of our, uh, um, our, our interprofessional uh, groups that we have and some of the work that we do, um, I was even thinking of our, um, the, the, um, the work that we do with, uh, with some of our, like for us, we do a lot of work with Finger Lakes. And these are things that we might be able to help people uh, to kind of relook at and in their own clinic to see how they re-engage patients. Um, and I think if we have these issues top of mind, we can really make a difference in the EHE plan by relinking these patients and getting them undetectable. Also, I'll finally just say this, that I think the, the other important piece of this is that I think this stuff works for other disease states, right? When I say stuff, I mean, these interventions, I'm sure like, you know, if you have a complex patient who has diabetes or a complex patient who has hypertension and hasn't gotten their meds refilled, right? Similar things that we can make interventions that that will, will certainly make a difference in other disease states as well. So as we think about this for EHE, and as we think about this for, for persons living with HIV being re-engaged, think about the other um, disease states or potentially the other patients we might have in our clinics that we can really make a difference in by, by kind of using these techniques to get them really to care, even those patients who don't have HIV. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about re-engagement and care for people with HIV and what providers need to know to get folks the care that they need. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about NICA AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nicaaetc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. We'll be taking a summer hiatus in August, so stay safe, and we'll see you in the fall for our next season of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.